Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio, Saturday morning, September 8th, and that can only mean one thing. The NFL is here. Robbie D., Big Mike with you, breaking out Thursday night's premiere, awesome, well-played matchup between the Eagles and Falcons in just a minute, and of course, previewing week one of the NFL. Vinny the Shark has a day off. Goon at a wedding today. He is not here, so it is Mikey and I. Uh, for the next hour, talking pretty much NFL, a little bit MLB, some fantasy if we need to uh, get anybody some help through the baseball playoffs or any lineup decisions in week one. But, uh, Mike, you know, you wait all year for uh, football to start. You go through OTAs, the draft, the lull in the summer, training camp, the first preseason game, but you watch it because it's football. And then you finally get to week one and you watch what looked like a preseason football game. Rob, it was one of the worst games I've ever seen. It really was. And uh, is Facebook up or no? Uh, Facebook, um, I don't know if it's up or not or if it's uh, – it looks like we're back. So we're, we're good. good to go. Uh, I thought it was absolutely terrible. All the flags, um, I still don't know what a catch is. I thought that was going to be addressed heading into the year. Julio Jones made that catch, Rob. That was a 50-yard catch that fantasy people were robbed of, the Falcons were robbed of. And the biggest story for me is Steve Sarkeesian's offense, especially in the red zone uh, and close to the uh, the goal line, Rob, is still horrific. How do you not throw or target Julio Jones when you get inside there? Yeah, I, he wasn't even on the field. It's horrible. So third and fourth down. And I don't want to hear even guess because they said no, he was guess. No, stop, stop. You, you get that, then you put him on the field as a decoy. Let them double team him because you're not going to put him in single coverage. It was hard. And if they put him in single coverage at the wide side of the field, you're throwing him a jump ball or a slant anyway. So they're going to double cover him. Uh, have a safety towards his side. Now you can run the ball with uh, Freeman if you want to, or do something else, utilize the tight end or something. But when you sit there and you line up multiple plays in a row inside the five yard line, uh, two tight end sets, no wide receivers on the field. They know you're going to throw the ball or do play action to a tight end. They'll take that chance any day. No, they don't have to worry about Julio Jones, but 24 targets in the game, 160 yards, uh, a 50 yard catch. Like you said, called back. Um, This is what cost them the Super Bowl. Stupid play calling, going away from your strengths. They did it again. It cost them a Super Bowl, and it cost them a week one win, and it cost Giants, Cowboys, and Redskins fans an Eagles loss in week one of the NFL season. I agree with you. And, uh, listen, I would have targeted Mohamed Sanu a little bit more also. It looked like – and I'm fine with force-feeding Julio. I really am. But, uh, you know, if you there was times when he's throwing to Julio, and Julio's got two guys on him and a safety over the top, so triple coverage. I yeah, I would have looked for Sanu – um, just didn't look right at all to me. And uh, the Eagles, listen, I'd be very concerned now with Wentz is going to be out a little bit longer because of the LCL. Uh, now the injury to that uh, hasn't healed the way they thought it was going to because Nick Falls did not look good. I know Nick Falls won a Super Bowl for this team, but Nick Falls did not look good. I know they got the win, but again, Nick Falls did not look good. So what he looked like was Nick Falls. Right. He looked like the Nick Falls that everybody thought he was going to be last year when he had to take over for Wentz. He went on this magic carpet ride. Uh, he looked terrible in the preseason. He looked terrible yes, uh, Thursday night. So did Matt Ryan, by the way. Horrific. Ryan was terrible all night. I don't know what has changed in this guy. I mean, as soon as they lose their offensive coordinator after losing the Super Bowl, this guy has come back to earth. Well, uh, there's a great MVP stat season. that somebody put out on Twitter, and I don't know who did it, so I don't want to you know, steal it. Somebody put it up there. If you take away Matt Ryan's uh, MVP season, he's exactly Andy Dalton. And that's concerning to me. That means he played up for one year, had this terrific one year, and now he's back on that Andy Dalton level, and that can't be good. Which has put up some big names because you have a huge top five wide receiver in A.J. Green or Julio Jones between Dalton and Ryan. So Colin Coward put it out there. Also, you know, you spend a first-round pick on a wide receiver and like Calvin Ridley, and he gets just two targets. Mm -hmm. Two targets. Mm -hmm. No catches. Um, it's only one game. The guy could end up being Calvin Johnson for all I know. Now, he, I've never, ever heard a first-round wide receiver pick get less talked about than Calvin Ridley going in. And then last uh, Thursday night, he was even quieter than that. 
I completely agree with you. And there's the Matt Ryan, Andy Dalton thing. A huge loss for Atlanta also. Safety Keanu Neal is going to be out now with uh, for the season torn ACL. They thought they avoided a major injury, but they didn't. That is a huge hole back in that safety spot, Rob. Well, this is uh, something that they're going to have to go through. And they're already talking about looking at trading for an Earl Thomas or somebody because their depth back there is nobody. I think it's a fifth or sixth. And they certainly should. They certainly should because they have the type of team, if they get things going, they should make the playoffs. They can make a run at this thing. I would give up whatever I had to to bring in an Earl Thomas. And that's what, I mean, with a fifth or sixth round pick coming out there, that's, it's a passing league. You you can't be losing defenders like that and not replacing them with anybody that uh, – Especially after week one. Well, yeah, and and they have the extra time now. They have the extra couple of days to get ready for week two, maybe look into a trade. I don't know but what's going to happen with this Earl Thomas thing. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell thing. There's always yeah. conflicting reports on guys like this right now. But uh, if you're Atlanta, you know, you're a win-now team. This is not a team that, you know, is looking forward to winning in the next couple of years, like maybe the Jets or somebody around here. Um they got to win now. You got to make the moves. There is plenty of good things going on with that team. They still have the explosive offense if Matt Ryan can get right. Julio didn't look like he lost a step. Fantasy-wise, no, even without the, the 50-yard catch, he had a great day. Mm. You're going to get 24 targets. I don't care if you don't catch half of them. You're going to have a big day in fantasy. Agreed. Of course, he didn't get a touchdown. Like, I know you're, you're on Which him Which is the concerning thing every week with him. Not it even is. a look. It's, and it, but it's not all his fault. I, not, I didn't not, say it was. It, it certainly is his gotta, fault when he's not on the field. You've so. got to give him a look, Rob. And it's unbelievable. You do. And their only touchdown was after they had the interception of uh, Foles, and they ran it back uh, past the Julio to, like, the 15-yard line, and then Coleman runs it in. Yeah. So Freeman frustrating. banged up also. Frustrating if you're a Freeman fan. He says he's going to be fine in week two, but he was in and out of the game. The Freeman-Coleman thing scares some people. It didn't scare me going into the year, but, of course, after week one, it looks like, you know, I am about even. I really do. I think they're about even talent-wise. I think they're going to be even work-wise. And I think Coleman's younger, and they spent the pick on him also. And I think you're going to see him getting a lot of these handoffs also. Yeah, so that's something that you have to look forward to. He's not a bad depth uh, running back in Coleman. Uh, That's sort of the NFL's way. There's very few running backs in the NFL these days that are going to be the guy, like the guy, like the 20-something carry guy, like what Leonard Fournette is, what Le'Veon Bell was until right now, what you think Saquon is going to be in New York and and David Johnson down in Arizona. So those guys are so valuable for that reason. Uh, Also, the wear and tear on their body is, you know, why you're so worried about them going forward and why guys like Le'Veon Bell hold out. Le'Veon Bell um, will not play tomorrow. He has not reported. There were reports that I had seen, and I, I saw it on TV, but it never – it wasn't on uh, line. I saw people tweeting about it online, yeah. but that he would report today so he could be ready for a week two. Uh, so far, no word on if that has happened yet, but I haven't seen it happen. I haven't and seen now it we're also. sitting here, and you got guys – he was a uh, consensus top two pick in fantasy football drafts, and uh, he's not there. And if you don't have James Conner and you're a bell owner, it's too late because somebody else in your league's picked him up, and now you're basically screwed over. And I don't care, you know, that's up to you, what, what you want to do with that. But if you took Le'Veon Bell, and sometimes when you have your draft so early in the year, that's why I don't like it because you don't know who's going to get hurt in the preseason. You don't know about holdouts. But after what Bell did last year and he was back for week one, it's not about when your draft was. This has gone much farther than anybody thought it would go. Yeah, it has. And uh, it's unfortunate. And you're starting to see the linemen turn on him too, Rob, which is something you usually don't see. But listen, they love this kid, James Conner. Uh, his story is awesome, how he, he battled cancer and, and uh, you know, is now going to be the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a story franchise. I like him as an RB2, certainly a high flex play to come tomorrow against the Browns. They like him as a pass catcher out of the backfield as well. And it's very interesting, Rob, because my gut says is Bell's going to hold out till week nine. He can hold out till week nine, then he can get paid. It still counts towards the year or whatever. He loses minimum amount of money. He doesn't have that wear and tear, which is his big issue, supposedly his big issue. And I think after he saw what Gurley got, uh, the Aaron Donald contract, Khalil Mack, I think that he thinks, uh, you know, the offer from the Steelers was an insult. I think he's going to sit out till week nine. I think they're going to be fine with James Conner. I think the offensive linemen are going to have a chip on their shoulder and try to block as well as they can. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have a chip on their shoulder saying, hey, you need us more than we need you. And I think that they need him more than he needs them. He's sacrificing a little bit of money now for a lot of money later. Um, and he knows that um, if the only way that he comes out bad is if he sits out the first five or six weeks and the Steelers go 5-1 and one without him, 6-0 and oh without him, something like that. And it's like, hey, you know, maybe your value isn't as high as you thought it was because we're doing it without you. 
and then he starts to get antsy in the cold feet, and then he's got to come back, kind of put his tail between his legs, play for less money, and then hope that he can have a monster second half. And still, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to cash in in free agency this year. But it's not going to be with Pittsburgh. He's going to be somewhere else. You heard them talking about trading him already. I don't know um, when they're buying. I don't know if right. I would they're, do that. They're six and two. You go back and start Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. I don't know the schedule off the top of my I head. I don't care who I you're don't playing know when or what your record is. is. You, play. you are six and two. All of a sudden, you're going to disrupt it. Yep. You play Le'Veon Bell there. Um, uh, so it would be October 21st. And looking at that schedule real quick, they could easily be six and two. Easy. Probably even more. So after weeks, so week seven is their buy. So I mean that's. Probably the best time anyway. You're going to have a good feel where they're going to be. Um, We're going to do our predictions and break down every game in just a moment or two right now. Um, But Browns, Chiefs, Bucks, you're going to start at least two and one in those games. Ravens, Falcons, Bengals, you probably could win two of those games. Two of those three games are at home. You're looking at a four and two team right now going into the bye week with a home game versus the Browns after that. Uh, The perfect time for Bell to come back and be in there. Um, But yes, Mike, I don't care if they're six and oh and they put up 40 points a game. If Le'Veon Bell is healthy and he's in shape, he's got to be on the field. He is the top pick in fantasy leagues for a reason. It's not because he's good-looking or popular or because every league drafts out of Pittsburgh. It's because he is the best running back in football when he's on the field. Give me a percentage out of 100 they trade him. I still see it being small, uh, 15%. 15%. And and then you have to ask, you know, who would be able to trade for him? Right. And who long-term would be able to make the commitment? Because you're not trading for Le'Veon Bell for one year of him. Right. Unless, unless in this time that he's holding out, there's an injury. If you're a team like, I don't, I don't even know, the Jaguars and Fournette goes down and you start 4-1 and one in this time and Le'Veon Bell has no, no sign of coming back and you need the running game, you know, a team like that, maybe if Dalvin Cook goes down again in Minnesota, a team that could win. But now you're thinking about teams that have injuries. Teams that don't have the running backs right now, they're not winning now. So is Indianapolis is the perfect spot, but San they're not going to win. So who cares? $33 million in cap space. Yep. Would they do it? Started. I mean, I don't know. But Cleveland, 54 mil. Indianapolis, 51. San Fran, 33. Houston, 24. Tennessee, 21. Seattle, 20. And then there's the Jets at 19. So. And imagine him in Houston if Lamar Miller doesn't work out early. And you can have the one-two punch of Deshaun Watson uh, throwing to uh, Hopkins. Or you could you have him dumping it off out of the backfield or running the ball at Le'Veon Bell. They'd be impossible to guard. They're an older defense, too, Rob. That team makes t- uh, a ton of sense to me, and even San Francisco, for that matter, makes sense to me. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I still say it's about 10 15% it happens. We'll see. We'll be covering it all year. Um, of course, if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner, got to make contingency plans, and that's why you got to watch all the games, guys. You want to be a good fantasy player. You want to win your leagues. You can't just go by the draft rankings, draft, and then watch your favorite team on Sundays. You got to watch Red Zone. You got to watch other games. You got to see who's out there that might, because the waiver wire in week one is always, always important for running backs. There's always a guy that comes out in week one or two on the waiver wire that ends up being a top 10 running back. It just happens every year. It happens every single year. And you got to know the right guy to go for. You got to have a little luck with your waiver priority and maybe stupid idiots in your league. But other than that, you got to know who to target. So you got to watch all the games. And we're going to preview all the games right now. Let's start with the Steelers and Browns because we've been talking about it, Mike. Sure. Um, the line's four and a half um, for the, uh, for the uh, Steelers, obviously. Browns coming off as uh, winless. Win, uh, yeah, it was in Tin Cleveland. Uh, Browns coming off a winless season again. Um, I know you've been big on the Browns um, coming into the season. How does that – it's four and a half. So I'm going to put them all on Twitter. How does that translate to you um, in week one? I know you like them in the season, but what about week one? Are they a little bit overhyped? Is the hard knocks thing got you thinking a little bit higher? I have said, and I'm not going to change it. I have the Browns winning this game outright. And that Le'Veon Bell thing only helps that case for me. Listen, um, the Steelers are a very good team. They're an older team though. I think they have a little bit of a head case going on now, a little much going on. The Browns are riding high, man. The hard knocks thing, you brought in Landry, you brought in they brought in 20 new players into the season, which I mean, you you had to do that because you haven't won a goddamn game, but, uh, to me, there's a ton of talent there. Will it translate? I like Tyrod Taylor, not in fantasy, but in real life. I think he's an underrated quarterback. I think he's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to turn it over. The weapons are there, Rob. I mean, you can make the case that there are better weapons on this team than any other team in the league, or at least tied with that team, the Giants, the Vikings. You can make the case that they are tied with talent-wise with any other team. So to me, I have a big upset tomorrow. I have the Cleveland Browns not only covering – but winning outright. I like the weapons. I see your point a little bit. I don't like Carlos Hyde and that 
three or four headed monster they're going to have in the backfield right now and how that's going to work out. Uh, fantasy wise, that would concern me. It's hard to start these guys not knowing how they're going to try to divvy up the carries. Uh, Duke Johnson on third down. How does Nick Chubb get involved in Carlos Hyde's a workhorse? Um, I've always loved Carlos Hyde, honestly. Um, so we'll see how they do that. Um, actually, I'm starting Terod Taylor in my two quarterback starting league. I don't have a problem. With I that. have to start him because I'm not starting Eli versus the Jaguars. So it came down to Tyrod or Keenum. Something tells me that there's going to be some more points in this game than you think. He's going to um, be able to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, just new faces, new places. Tyrod over Keenum's where I pick. Over under in this game is 41, Mike. I think that's really low. I think, I think, it, I think if you could tease down that down. It's five points from Bell coming out. Well, if you could tease that down in a teaser, I absolutely love that over. To be honest with you, I still have uh, Antonio Brown on the field. You still have Jarvis Landry on the field. Josh Gordon's going to get some playing time. Juju, like you said, Smith-Schuster. Um, and then, you you know, James Conner, he's he's going to be okay behind that line. I mean, he's not going to be Le'Veon Bell, but he should be able to move the football. I love the over in that game, especially if you're able to tease it down. I still like the Steelers. I have to see the Browns prove to me they can win a game. Um, the Steelers are a contender in the AFC until Ben, Bell, Brown are gone. Now, Bell's not there this week. Let the Browns beat a contender before I believe in them. I'm going with the Steelers. They're also going to cover the points. And Vinny the Shark, who sent in his picks, also has the Steelers winning this game and covering. I say that this game, I'd say 20, 26 to 20. I say the Browns keep it close. The uh, Steelers find a way to cover uh, in Cleveland and go one and oh, keeping the Browns losing streak intact. We move then to, uh, we'll do Giants later, just have some fun with sure. it. We'll move to a uh, game that should be about as exciting as the Thursday night football game with the Bengals and the Colts in Indianapolis. Uh, the Colts, um, who also had a terrible season last year, third worst record in the NFL, they're two and a half point favorites. We talked about Andy Dalton before. Uh, Vinny the Shark likes the Bengals to win this game outright in Indianapolis. Yeah, and um, I don't really even know, to be honest with you. I, this is a game I won't bet. Um, <laughs> I won't do anything with it fantasy-wise. You know, your A.J. Greens, your Lux, whatever. Um, I'll take the Colts just to be different from Vinny. At home, Andrew Lux return. If he's actually healthy, I mean, you can't ask for a better matchup than the Bengals, Rob. He doesn't have to go against the top defense. It's the Bengals, for Christ's sake. So, to me, I think the Colts get it done. They should probably cover by the at least the field goal. Uh, I'll take the Colts. And one thing I like about this game is daily fantasy value, A.J. Green and Andy Dalton, because that Indianapolis defense still not that good. I like the Colts to win the game, though. I think there might be a whole bunch of points in one of those games with two crappy teams that ends up being exciting. You can see T.Y. Hilton having a day matched by A.J. Green. He's still got the talent. It's still Andy Dalton that's been getting them the ball forever. I like the Colts because I'm all in on Andrew Luck this year. I don't think they're going to get many wins, but home against a really bad Bengals team, I think it's just going to be one of those offensive games that you just see a bunch of points. Joe Mixon, I, I wouldn't even mind firing him up in uh, oh, daily absolutely. fantasy against that Colts front uh, defense. So uh, it seems like I'm giving you a whole bunch of reasons to bet the Bengals, but I'm still going to take the Colts at home. Um, I say it could, this, this could be like the 27-24 type of game. Um I would never bet it, though, Mike. Uh, no you shot. wouldn't bet it. There's not no a chance shot. in the world that I would bet this game um, myself. I'll go with the Colts because I'm a big Andrew Luck guy. And uh, I Are just feel like, I feel like in week one, it's time for him to show something. Uh, Titans and Dolphins, another barn burner. This one's going to be uh, just awful to watch. Um, Dolphins are one-point underdogs at home against the Titans who made the playoffs last year. And I'm all on the Titans in a game. I'm not going to bet it, Rob, but uh, I actually like the Titans a lot here. I think the Dolphins are horrific. Um, you just lost Sue. You have Tannenhill now coming back. Uh, you traded Landry. Now Amendola is going to be uh, your slot guy, your big target guy. Devontae Parker's out with a finger injury. To me, and listen, I'm a big Mariota fan. You know that as well. I like the Titans' defense. I think they're better. Lewis, Henry, I love that one. combo. to me, it's the Titans all day. No explanation from the Shark. He just went Dolphins over the Titans, so he's going opposite from you on that one. Derrick Henry, in all of his starts last season, which was uh, – he had the playoff start, which he blew up on. Mm -hmm. uh, he started in week 18, uh, 17, and he started one other game last year, and each of those games he blew up in fantasy. Now he is the guy there. I know Deion Lewis is there. I'm not worried about Deion Lewis as far as Derrick Henry's fantasy value. I think Henry's going to be able to run a lot on the Dolphins without Sue, like you said. I agree with you, Mike. I like Mariota. I like this Titans offense. 
Um, I actually would bet the game because I'm very confident in the Titans to win this game, and they're only giving up one point. So you're basically betting the money line. Right. And uh, you're going to get a little bit extra, you know, flow because it, it's actually betting, you know, the points. So I would take the Titans in this one. Um, I could see them win this one going away, 23-10 type of win. Um, that brings us to a actually very good game and one that I'm very, very interested in seeing, and that is the 49ers visiting the Vikings. Uh, Garoppolo putting his undefeated streak. It's not exactly the Undertaker's streak, but I think it's 7-0. 7-0. 7-0. in New England. 5-0 last year with San Francisco. All we've heard about um, all year long is how good this San Francisco team is going to be. I told you I didn't buy it in the NFC West preview. I'm not saying they're going to be trash, but there's no way that that team is ready to go into Minnesota. Now, they don't have Jarek McKinnon and what would have been his homecoming. No way they're going into Minnesota and winning that game outright. Minnesota's six-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me, I agree with you, but the only thing that concerns me is it is Kirk Cousins' first game there. Uh, is there any, you know, delay in the in the offense with that? To me, the defense is just too good. That building, Rob, we've talked about it numerous times. I'm not going to again. Um, I, I like the 49ers this season, but for me, when I tell you I like them, I like them at 8-8, eight and eight. Uh, you know, Maybe they get to nine wins, possibly. I, I don't think so, though. Uh, so, to me, it's all Vikings. Six and a half is a lot. But in that building, I will take that. I'll swallow the six and a half. I'm Vikings. And don't forget, Dalvin Cook makes his return from injury. That could be a big helper for um, Minnesota and Kirk Cousins as well, just kind of getting comfortable inside of that new offense with the guys like Thielen and Rudolph and Diggs. I think they're going to have pretty good years. Um, I'm on Minnesota heavy in this game. I could see that um, Vinny the Shark has Minnesota winning and the Niners covering. I have Minnesota winning and covering. I could see them winning this game 27-7. I don't know if the Niners are going to be able to put up many points against that defense. It's one of those games that could kind of snowball. We saw it Mm -hmm. in person. You you start to just – that place gets so loud, and a lot of places it gets, you know, lower because the fans die out as the season goes on or the game goes on. These guys get louder and louder as they get sensed that they're really affecting your offense, your cadence, um, your ability to communicate with the offensive line. That's going to happen, and Garoppolo is going to see his first loss in the NFL. I won't be too concerned because I have a lot of teams this year losing in Minnesota. Uh, That brings us to a game that I actually have an upset special, which I know Vinny Sharks is going to disagree with. I have a feeling you're going to disagree with. That is the Patriots at home giving six uh, six points even, I'm sorry, to the Texans. Uh, I'm on board with you, Rob. I think the Texans will at least cover. I don't know if the Patriots will win. So for this spread purposes, what we do, I'm taking the Texans and the points. Uh, New England has the lowest, uh, Bill Belichick's lowest winning percentage is usually in the month of September. Usually maybe tries out some things and gets better as the year goes on. You saw opening day last year, the night before we went to Dallas, they got killed by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, So to me, I think the Patriots could squeak out a win, but for this purpose, point purposes, I'm taking the Texans and I'm taking the six. One of the most interesting things to me this NFL season is how Deshaun Watson comes back from his injury. Last year, he was on a historic pace. He was putting up numbers until he got injured that you had never seen in the NFL before. Um, I'm so interested to see how he's going to do that again. You've seen it before with the Patriots, like you said, in September with their defense having trouble. You start to shit on them. and. And then all of a sudden they turn it around. Um, They win games despite it. Now they don't have Matt Patricia there. Uh, They're going through a little bit of a lull. They're going to win the division by five or six games no matter what they do here. Uh, The Texans are healthy. They're raring and ready to go. I could see them picking off the Patriots in week one, but I definitely have them to cover. Six points is that perfect number if you want to cover on the road. You could be down by ten late and get that, you know, that late score to make it the backdoor cover. Uh, I like the Texans. What the hell? I'm going to go with them winning this game uh, in 28-27 type game, winning this game really late. I will say, and Vinny's the, the residential better, I love teasing the Texans up tomorrow. You want to tease a game down, that's fine, and tease the Texans up. I love teasing them up tomorrow. Yeah, you can see that happen. This too. That always brings the backdoor cover even further into play. Uh, so that, to me, is going to be one of the most exciting games. That's 1 p.m. at Gillette Stadium. Um and what should be maybe the most lopsided game of the year, or maybe at least the week, is uh, in New Orleans where you have the Buccaneers, who may be the worst team in the NFC, and nobody's picking them to do anything. They're without Jameis Winston, obviously, with the suspension. They have JPP going, though, um, and they have to try to stop Camara, Breeze, and company over there in New Orleans. The Saints, nine-and-a-half-point favorites. 
at home against the Buccaneers. Love the Saints. Absolutely love them, Rob. I know Ingram's out. The offense is still going to be absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I think Drew Brees takes that next step again, goes back to the 30-plus touchdowns. Not you know not 40, but 30-plus again. I don't like the Bucs. Uh, I don't like Evans against Lattimore, which is your top weapon. I don't like Peyton Barber as a, your starting running back. Um, I don't like Fitzpatrick as your quarterback. I don't like having to go there week one and win the game. Uh, to me, this is, has blowout written all over it. Uh, I will take the Saints happily. And this, you want to talk about a tease down? Tease the Saints down, and you tease uh, the Texans up. Yeah, I love this game. I see 30-7, 30-3 written all over this game. Um, and that's not a disrespecting, actually, to Fitzpatrick and Mike Evans. Actually, I guess I'll go with at least 10 points. 30-10 is what I'll say because um, they always find a way to get a score. Uh, the Shark likes the Saints winning. He likes the backdoor cover, though, and a garbage touchdown for the Bucks. Uh It seems like the way he wrote it is that maybe it's some, something he's seen or been through before. Um, but we're, th- we're all in the Saints winning. Uh, the Buccaneers, just a tough team. Should be a big day for Kamara out of the backfield. Like you said, Breeze. Breeze had everything last year except the touchdown numbers. Mm-hmm. Everything else was still there. People slept on him. He fell in drafts farther than you ever seen him fall before. Um, and I agree with you, Mike. I think he's going to hit 30 touchdowns again. I think that's a good call on that. Um, my lock of the day, though, as much as I like the Saints, is our next game in Baltimore. Um, and it's my survivor pick. Me too. And it's your survivor pick as well. Uh, the Ravens giving seven and a half to the lowly Buffalo Bills, um, who I couldn't feel worse for their fan base because they finally make the playoffs for the first time in almost 20 years last year, and they go out and in the offseason become the worst team in the NFL, which is what they are, the worst team. That is so unfair. They have a great fan, a bunch of idiots, mm-hmm. but they're a great fan base up there. And um, – uh, now and now they're going to be a three-win team this year. Yeah, I this is my survivor pick. Also, I like what they did with their receivers, Rob. You can argue that these are probably the best receivers now Flacco's had in a while. Lamar Jackson's lit a fire under Flacco's ass. Alex Collins emerged finally last year uh, and as a decent running back. The Bills, the only weapon is LaShawn McCoy. He's going to touch it till he gets hurt this season. That's a guarantee. The or deep, suspended. Or suspended, which can happen at any time. The Bills' defense stinks. The offense stinks. I know you like Nate Peterman, but I think he stinks. <laughs> I like Nate Peterman. I like, I'm like, I like Adam Duval. The Ravens at home feast against bad quarterbacks. I love this defense tomorrow in DFS. I pay up for them. I think this is an absolute blowout. I know Vinny said everybody, all the money is going to be on the Ravens, so there's going to be some sort of backdoor cover. I disagree. I think this has blowout written all over it. And I think heading into week two, everyone will have that false hype about the Ravens. From this and we talked about that, too, the false hype that the Ravens are going to give in the first couple of weeks. They have the easy schedule. You said what Vinny's pick is um, with the backdoor cover. I like the Ravens to win. I like them to cover. They, I, I picked them up in my fantasy league. I'm starting them in my main league. When I talk about my fantasy league, my, unless I specify it's a separate league, I'm always talking about that one league. So everybody has their one league. So mm. my one main league, that the one scoreboard I have up the whole day, the Ravens are fired up and ready to go. Uh, I could see them scoring multiple touchdowns. We saw what Peterman did last year in his uh, debut, which was just almost cost the Bills their one postseason appearance in the last 20 years. Um, this is going to be ugly. Um, it's just basically a lead up to whenever they think Josh Allen is ready to be quarterback over there in Buffalo. Three wins, four wins max for them, and they're not covering on the road against that Baltimore defense. I completely no, agree with you. I don't know how they score more hell. than 12 points, Rob. I, I mean, really Baltimore don't. might only score 20, 24 points. That's a 24 to 3, 24 to 6. I agree with you. Me. Um, then we move to 4 o'clock because we'll get back to the Giants later. We always have some fun with our Giants picks, and we've broken that game down to death anyway on the show. Um, very interesting game. Very fun game to kick off at 4.05. The only one at 4.05. The other three are at 4.25 is you have Kansas City visiting Los Angeles to see the Chargers. The Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Love the Chargers here. I really do. I would have liked them more if Joey Bosa wasn't out. He is out, though. That's a little bit concerning. Phillip Rivers' numbers against the Chiefs, Rob, are not career-wise very good. But this is a different Chiefs team. No Eric Berry. He's not playing. Um, you lost D. Ford is gone. Uh, the other linebacker, Derek Johnson. I, no, Derek Johnson's still there. The other linebacker is gone as well. The point to be made here is that defense stinks. They are, Tlaib? No, I mean, uh, Tom Ali. Yeah, Tom, Tom Ali is Ali. gone. Uh, Marcus Peters, they traded. He is gone. 
this defense stinks. They are going to give up a ton of points this season, which is why I love Mahomes in fantasy, because I think he's going to have to throw a hell of a ton, but they are not going to be a good defensive team like they usually are. At home, the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, the talk about this team going uh, actually being able to do something. I've bought in. I'm on the Chargers all day. Three and a half, no problem. High scoring game, perfect weather. A couple of minutes of time, like you said, uh, but I still love the Chargers here. Chargers, uh, team that uh, I think really has a chance to make some noise. I see that other than maybe the top team is wide open. Patriots. A lot of people on the Chargers this year. I'm on them this week. Uh, the Vinny the Shark, though, is on the Chiefs. He has yeah. the Chiefs game, Dub Hub Center. Um, I like Melvin Gordon. I like Kareem Hunt because there's no Joey Bosa, too. Mahomes, I am on all year. I mean, you could have him locked in for me as a top 10 quarterback, maybe even higher than that. So, I'm in on the Chargers. I think I could see this game being won somewhere in the 20s, the 26-23 type game, uh, which puts you right on the number because it's a 48-and-a-half over. So, um, that's going to start off the game. Very interesting. I think there's going to be some good offense in that game. Uh, then we go to 425 out west um, on Over the Top Sports Radio, 11 o'clock, breaking down week one of the NFL. Robbie D, big Mike with you. Maybe the Shark's not here, but he gave us his picks, so we're going off of those. We got his college picks before the end of the show as well. Uh, and Goon, of course, unable to be here as well. He is at a wedding. Congratulations there to Tommy Life, friend of the show, uh, for getting married today. So 425 tomorrow. When you hit that late window and all of America is going to have to watch the Cowboys and Panthers game, the two games on are going to be Seahawks and Broncos and the Redskins card. So Giants fans and Eagles fans can watch the Giants. We start or era. It's going to start for Broncos. They take on a pretty much new look Seahawks team that's going to have to rely very, very hardly on a, Russell Wilson to do the job all by himself. And I'm on Denver here, Rob. I really am. I think the weapons that they have, um, and now you have a better quarterback. This is not Brock Osweiler. This is not Trevor Simeon. There's a ton of good weapons there on offense. They even drafted Cortland Sutton, Sutton, who I like. Not starting in fantasy, though. I need to see him. Somebody else has value him on Twitter. Um, listen, I don't think Doug Baldwin's knee is everything that, uh, you know, he said 85%. I bet you it's about 70%, if that. They have no running game because the offensive line stinks. You traded Jimmy Graham. Um, Russell Wilson is going to have to be Aaron Rodgers, what he is to the Packers, and he can't be because the line stinks and the weapons aren't as good. Paul Richardson is gone. Maybe Tyler Lockett emerges as a second weapon. I don't think so. Love problems all day against uh, Seattle. On the Broncos giving three, no problem. Broncos defense to me is going to be pretty good this year, and I like them for that reason. If you look at Russell Wilson's past history in week ones of the NFL, especially in fantasy, I would starting him if you have a good option with a good matchup this week. He has had his worst weeks of the season four years in a row in week one of the NFL. And he has to go now on the road into Denver um, with that line, with no running game, with maybe not a healthy Doug Baldwin. Everything that Mike said is spot on. So I like that Broncos defense. They only got better being able to draft Chubb. He's going to be out there ready and fired up to go tomorrow night. I like the Broncos. I like them to cover. Um, I think that this is a game that they win uh, pretty handily. Maybe Wilson gets you those garbage points when they're trying to come back in the second Possibly. half in fantasy. So don't kill me if you listen to me and don't start him. Uh, you did draft him to start him, so I don't blame you if you do start him. Most people will. But uh, I could see him having a big bust-type potential this week, and I could see the Broncos winning this game by close to double digits. And uh, Vinny the Shark says he loves the Broncos. He has them routing the Seahawks too, so – all on the same page this week in Denver, which is a little bit scary because the Broncos, bottom five team in the NFL last year, yeah. weren't that good. So we're hoping, you know, we're, we're hoping on. that our money go, uh, you know, we're betting our money on a team that was not good at all next year. But their new look, Chubb, Keenum, I think Keenum's going to be great for Demarius Thomas this year, uh, great for Emmanuel Sanders, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. Royce Freeman too should be able to. Um, run the ball pretty decent because that is not the Seahawks defense that we're so used to seeing. Absolutely love Roy Freeman tomorrow, especially in a PPR. He can catch the ball as well. I am firing him up comfortably as a solid running back to high yeah. running back to. He's one of those guys that you've been waiting on to see what he can do in the real spot. Um, and now you're going to really get a chance tomorrow. Um, 425 in Arizona, we head south to see the Cardinals and Redskins, uh, 
another new face in a new place, uh, actually Sam Bradford too, and Alex yeah. Smith, the two quarterbacks in this one to me. Uh, this is just going to be an ugly one. Most intrigued to me is seeing uh, the two running backs. Uh, Adrian Peterson, if Father Time is going to allow him to have a decent game against – it's weird to say, but it's his former team mm-hmm. in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And, of course, David Johnson, who I think is going to have a pretty decent year. Uh, his legs are fresh and he's ready. Uh, Cardinals, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Absolutely love the Cardinals here. I really do. I don't think the Redskins are going to be good. Three wins at most, four wins, fine. Uh, I think they're in fighting for a top – two pick uh, come the end of the season. Uh, I like David Johnson, like you said, Rod. Listen, everybody wants to sell Sam Bradford short. When he actually plays, he's accurate. He's very good. He's got a Hall of Fame wide receiver there. They have a rookie in Christian Kirk. They have some other kid that I forget his name. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is a decent tight end uh, option as well tomorrow if you need a deep tight end. I like the Cardinals here. It's only one and a half. Uh, This is a game, Rob, if you're down in the morning, uh, you know, the noon hour betting, I would take the Cardinals here, give it one and a half, sure. And I actually like the Redskins this one. I think their defense is underrated, and I don't think they're a very good team, but I think their defense is going to play well in this game. I, un- unlike you, don't like Bradford with the new team. Um, he's got to get used to them. He's got to – what's he going to do? He's going to have to hand the ball off 25, 30 times to David Johnson and then have his safety valve in Seals-Jones and in Fitzgerald. I don't like it. I think Alex Smith plays turnover-free football. He's a winning quarterback. Um, these are the games that Giants, Eagles, and Cowboy fans, you know, will be so happy if the Redskins lose because they're going to get their five, six, seven wins uh, to keep themselves involved for most of the season. And this is one of them on the road. You hope that they can lose it. They're going to win the game. I think they win it outright. Um, Alex Smith, I just like that he doesn't make many mistakes. We'll see Doxson too. Uh, Chris Thompson also, I think, uh, out of the backfield. I don't know Selling if he's healthy yet. I don't. We're going to see if he can get maybe 10 touches is what I was thinking to kind of get him back into the offense. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, we can't see Darius Geis. So, fortunately, if you're a, a Redskin hater like I am, but just fantasy-wise, to see a guy like Geis go out there and really do his job, it would have been nice to see him against that Cardinals team, who is also going through, uh, you know, a, a big change with no more James Betcher as their defensive coordinator. He's now in New York with the Giants. So, I like the Redskins to win this game. Uh, Vinny the Shark also says Redskins over the car, and he put a rolling eyes emoji uh, next to it. So I guess that's his comment on the game. He doesn't like picking the Redskins to win. I think he'll be uh, glued to the TV for it is what that meant. Um, well, probably <laughs> probably has some financial implications. Um, and then what they want to be the primetime game in 4 o'clock is the Cowboys and Panthers. Uh, this is like my lock of the week. I posted it. I mean, I didn't use it in my Survivor, um, but I posted it on my personal Twitter because somebody asked for what's your lock against the spread, and that's Carolina minus three against Dallas. Absolutely love the Panthers. And a part of that is because I hate Dallas. I don't think they're good. I think Dak's overrated. Uh, They have no good wide receiver there. Hearns, whatever. Gallup's a rookie. Uh, I think the defense is not anything special either. Carolina at home. I think this is a great matchup for them at home. Love Cam. Love Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Greg Olson back healthy. Hopefully we'll see. Funches. You could argue that this is the best receiving core Cam has had. To me, it's a low spread. I don't understand why. Hopefully, it's not a trap. Love the Panthers giving three. Dallas' defense is not very good. Their offense is even worse. We've said it all year long. Dak Prescott is not a good quarterback unless Ezekiel Elliott makes him a good quarterback. And it's going to be very hard for that to happen when there's no more Des Bryant and especially Hall of Fame tight end Jason Witten. I'm sorry. Those guys were what helped Dak be successful two years ago. Then last year he came back to earth. He was terrible when Zeke wasn't playing with the suspension. They're just not a good football team. I'm sorry. And then they have to go into Carolina and win that game on opening day. Just a bad matchup for them. I do agree with you. It looks like a trap. It should be five or six points. This is basically saying that two even teams and Carolina gets the three points right. from being at home. Um, I the Shark also is on the Panthers over Dallas. He says Cam will be smiling and dancing and not pouting in his press conference, which is what he does when he wins. Um, I like the Panthers a lot in this one. Um, I don't have Christian McCaffrey this year, so it really saddens me, but I think he's going to have a big day. I, I think he's going to have a big year. He had 80 catches last year. He can catch close to 100 balls this year uh, as he gets used to that offense, especially now that C.J. Anderson uh, running behind him. I don't think that he's going to ever be on the field in any of those downs. They might do two uh, running backs too. So, And the older that Cam gets, the less he's going to run. Mm-hmm. But Panthers, big over the Cowboys. And we go to primetime tomorrow night. Uh, Aaron Rodgers makes his real return after his injury last year. Khalil Mack um, gets to um, make his Bears debut as you have an NFC North matchup 
We talked about it when we talked about the NFC North. This is a game you wish was played in December when it's 18 degrees out and snowy. Instead, they're going to have 70 degrees. So the offense is going to be out. Trubisky versus Aaron Rodgers, seven-point favorites for the Pack. Uh, I like the Packers to win the game, but I think the Bears cover here, Rob. And, uh, again, you want to talk about a trap? Maybe I'm buying in the whole Khalil Mack thing, the whole uh, Charles Nagy thing. Uh, not Charles, whatever the – the old, the old Cleveland pitcher. Right, yeah, whatever the, his first name is. Uh, Nagy as the head coach. I like him there as well. Trey Burton. I've bought in. I have bought Raheem Smith. I have bought in to the Chicago Bears this season. Uh, so hopefully I'm not falling into the trap here at home in Lambeau, Green Bay. Uh, I think the Packers do get the win. I can't see any scenario where the Bears win. But seven points is a lot of points for week one, Rob. I will take the points. The Shark hates the Packers. He hates them. And I think this is one of the times where the Shark – um, and I've said it before, sometimes he throws his bets or his picks out there with his heart. Um, he has the Bears winning because Green Bay is not a good team. I'm sorry, man. You cannot be picking or betting money on Mitch Trubisky beating Aaron Rodgers in Rodgers Stadium. It's not happening. And if it happens, I'll come on the show and I'll say I was wrong. Goon could play the clip. No, he can't because Goon's never here anymore to do any of that stuff. So uh, I guess I'm safe. You can remind him. But, Are you covering uh, seven? Yeah, they're covering. Says the Packers at home. This is Aaron Rodgers. I don't care. He is the best player in football. He's the highest paid player in football. They're covering the seven. This is Mitchell Trubisky. I know it. The only thing I've ever, you know, had doubts about with Trubisky is I didn't think he'd be that, you know, special except the Shark is so high on him, and I do trust the Shark, and he watched him, and he knows the college better than I do, so I give him the benefit of the doubt there. But he's still in his second year. It's Green Bay. I'm sorry. I love Jimmy Graham. I love uh, I love this whole offense. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but I don't love the de- – the defense still has too many question marks for me. It does. Yeah, well, and they lost to Marius Randall to Cleveland, so they lost some of their good players. I have to see it, um, but it doesn't matter. It's Aaron Rodgers. We, even when their defense sucked, Aaron Rodgers goes out there, and you know that he's going to get the job done. He's always done it. He's never had a great defense, and that's kind of the reason why he only has one ring. This could be one of those games, though, Rob. I could see it. Week one, uh, you know, Packers are down – Four with time to go or whatever, and Aaron Rodgers and he come brings back them back the, to win the game the and, they, and they don't cover. And there's the cover. I so. can see that. I, I understand. I, I understand Packers that thought. Um, it's not on my five, four, three, two, one. So the confidence isn't as high as say maybe a Ravens game or right. the Saints game. Yep. But um, I'm sorry. I I go. I look at quarterbacks in these scenarios, and to me, at home, Aaron Rodgers is a lock. So that's what's fun about it. You'll be able to watch it on primetime tomorrow night yeah. as the Sunday football schedule wraps game. up. It's a very good game. And uh, that's how we're going to end our Sunday night. And we're all going to start it by watching the Giants and the Jaguars. We've talked about it at nausea. Mike, has your feelings changed at all? You have the Jaguars. You said you think they're going to win this game by double digits. Has that changed at all? Um, listen, I'm not going to go back again on my word. What's the spread, Rob? Three. Jags three. by three. Still three. Uh, the Jaguars lost three out of their last four home games last uh, away games last season, which I did not know. I found that out when I did a little homework. Um, to me, this is a horrible, and I've said it again. I will say it one more time. This is a horrible, horrible matchup for the New York Giants. Odell has Ramsey. Uh, Shepard has A.J. Bouye, who's another top corner. That defensive line, I have a stat, I think, even. I, I wrote that down, too, since Calais Campbell went there. After the trade of Marcel Darius to the Jaguars, uh, they ranked eighth in rushing yards allowed, Rob. 98 rushing yards per game. I actually thought it was better. Uh, seventh in carry, which is 3.69 per yard, and only let up four rushing TDs in nine games. Uh, to me, Saquon Barkley, you're going to hear about the Monday. The Monday paper will say something negative about this poor kid. This is not a good matchup for Eli Manning. This is a Jaguars defense who gets to the ball quick. I think the Jaguars cover the three, and I have said it and will stick to it. The Jaguars win by 10. Yeah, and I, I, on paper, it's not a good matchup, and I've told you all along my problem. And, I'm sorry, no Olivier Vernon, which we just learned also, kills that defense. No Olivier Vernon. I mean, they didn't have him all year last year either. He hurt and himself. The defense wasn't good. I think he hurt himself kneeling. Um, but the Jaguars, my problem with them, their mind frame. They seem to be a little bit overconfident, a little bit cocky. If this game was in Jacksonville, Mike, I'd 100% agree with you that the Giants don't really have much of a chance. And the Giants lately in week one have kind of disappointed. They never win week ones anymore. 
uh, when it used to be their thing. They used to go in Dallas and win every year. Now they've lost a couple in a row. We were there a year ago this weekend yep. uh, to see them lose uh, and not even score a touchdown against the Cowboys when we were so high on the Giants and they didn't even get a point. So I'm going to stick with the Giants because I think they can win the game. I think the smart bet is probably to go with you. But I'm just going by everything I've seen with this team. I said if you get Saquon Barkley, it's very hard to match up with every position player on the Giants. So why not take take it against maybe the best defense in the league and see how the best defense can match up? And if the Giants somehow can go out there tomorrow and score three touchdowns even, just get in the 20s. I'm not yep. saying go out there and score 35 points. It's not going to happen against the Jags. But if you can go out there tomorrow and show that you can move the football really well. Well, they have to, Rob. They have to show that. And that it's tough to, you know, match up for a great Jaguars defense that bodes well long-term for the Giants. And maybe they can pull out the win. So I'm going to pick them to win the game. The Sharks picking them to win win the game. There's no, uh, yeah, no, to me, there's no surprise there that the Sharks are going to have them to win. Um, I will say, I I just have a feeling. I love teasing the Giants up. I do. If it's going to be a three-team tease, and you're getting the 10 points, I absolutely love. Well, then you got to push. Well, <laughs> for you. Right. I love teasing. Uh, no, I'd have 10. Seven, three team tees, I get seven points. Seven. Right. They're going to lose by 10. Right. So you so, push that one. Anyway, we'll but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And, and listen, the Giants are one of those teams that if I didn't watch them as much and didn't pay as much attention to them, I would be saying I can't pick them pick them until they prove it to me and show it to me. Right. So I understand that as well. So we'll say we'll, if the we'll Giants see. win tomorrow, I'll be happy, ecstatic, and impressed. I yeah. Will. I mean, you're not rooting for them to lose so that of you're course. right on your bet. Of course. Trust me. Are you um, – I will never touch uh, betting against the Giants. Yeah, it's very hard. Um, and we'll, we'll do the Monday night games on Monday. Yeah. So we got two games on Monday night um, to look at. Um, and we'll be on, I guess if we're on though, we'll be on while the Jets kick off at 7 p.m. Yeah, so. So we'll put our picks up on our Twitter as always. I'll give you a quick preview. I'm sure, Mike, uh, you can throw it in there too. Without having done the homework, I like the um, lines at home, Stafford, to uh, light up that Jets defense. Not because I'm a hater, just because Matt Stafford at home puts up big numbers. I don't know if that Jets defense is great or very good yet to stop it. And uh, the rookie quarterback in his first game, I worry about that a little bit. There's no worse place for a rookie quarterback to play than in a dome on the road on Monday night in week one. There's a lot of noise in there. I mean, yes, it could be Minnesota, but I'm just saying the actual setting, it's louder in a dome. Monday nights are louder. The fans get pumped up. Uh, Rookie quarterback, his first career start, the youngest week one start in NFL history. Uh, So that would scare me if I was on the Jets. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. And, um, it's tough for me, Matt Patricia, new coach, whatever, but it's still you're talking about Matt Stafford at home, Monday night football against um, an improving Jets defense, but not good or great Jets defense. I think they'll have no problem putting up points. Um, to, what's the spread on this? Six and a half, you said? Uh, I think it's six and a half. I guess I didn't really do my home, but six and a half. Right six on. and a half. So, um by the point, maybe, if you wanted to take the Jets. Otherwise, I'm taking uh, the, the Lions. I really would. Yep, and we'll talk about that 10 o'clock game. But if you followed me in the show at all, you know that I'm well, well, well uh, all over that Rams uh, four-and-a-half-point spread against the, the Raiders. I bet against the Raiders every week right now. Um, so that's our NFL Week 1 preview, guys. We have all our picks. They're all up on our Twitter over the top sport. Of course, if you have any more DFS selections or questions, um, the shark is on Royce Freeman at 4,500 in DraftKings and Andy Dalton. I mentioned Andy Dalton before, so we're both on Andy Dalton. So if you're out there listening, you want a quarterback, you want to save some money. It looks like Andy Dalton's going to be the guy from us too. Mike, do you have anybody out there? Have you taken a look? I did at one actually. And, okay. um, I'll tell you now who I liked. I have Royce Freeman on mine. I thought that was great. James Connor is starting at 4,500, Rob. You can't wow. beat that. And he's going to be on every, every single roster at that price. Yep. Uh, I took Ricky Seals-Jones. I told you I liked him before, and I paid up for the Ravens. So, uh, if Vinny wants to go with um, – who did he tell you he was Dalton taking? and Freeman. Royce, Royce Freeman, by the way. Right, Royce Freeman. I'm using him as a flex. James Conner at 4,500. I would have both of them in my lineup. Yep, and we'll always post those. And as you guys do, you guys kill us in a good way with fantasy questions all the time. We hope that's led to some of you guys uh, listening to the show today. And you can always call us on the show, 646-716-5403, especially on Monday night. We want to hear what you think about your favorite team, what your fantasy team did, a bad decision. Tell us we gave you bad advice. 
Tell us that we gave you great advice after week one because everybody, it's overreaction Monday on Monday, no matter oh, what they happens. They did the streamers of the week, Rob. They got bad advice this week. Two, stream, two streamers got rocked. In baseball? Oh, Who yeah. were they? Uh, both of Vinny's boys, Glasnow and Giolito, got rocked. Well, it's a uh, bad Blame time to get Vinny. rocked. Michael Kopech um, will not be a streamer until 2020. Yeah. I blame Vinny, though. I went with both his boys, and uh, neither one delivered, so that's completely on him. Okay, also, uh, college football Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the Shark here to give expert input, but he sent us a couple of his picks. So if you guys uh, want to bet on the college gridiron today, he likes Arizona State plus five. They're playing Michigan State at home. And me, as an Arizona State guy, Arizona State alum, watches all the games. I asked him, hey, so what is it? You just trust Herm? Uh, his reasoning for it, he said uh, Herm's a great college coach. Great motivator, perfect coach. Important. More importantly, he did not think Michigan State uh, showed up in week one. They didn't impress him for shit. Now they hit the road. <laughs> he uh, does not like them at all. So Arizona State getting five points in Tempe tonight. Late night, of course, that game will be on ESPN. He also likes another Pac-12 team in Stanford. They are six-point favorites. He says take the six points or uh, give the six points. You're all set. And Florida, Kentucky, under 51. So those are Vinny the Sharks, three college picks, Florida, Kentucky, under 51. i put them on Twitter. What is he for the season in college, three and one? I think he's three and one. Yeah. He uh, won, and then he lost, and then he won his two last weekend. So he's uh, three and one right now, three picks tonight, Florida, Kentucky, under 51, Stanford, minus six, and Arizona State, the Sun Devils, plus five. I wish I knew if he had them winning that game outright, but, of course, I will be watching that game as well as another game. Right down the street, I have Arizona State playing in Tempe. And then right down the street, the Braves are in Arizona to face the Diamondbacks, what used to be the Bob, what is now Chase Field. Um, If I was going to school there, it would be a crazy night. I'd try to go to both somehow. Um, Mike, let me just tell you, there's nobody in the world that you hate more than I hate Adam Duval. And I don't know if you saw my 1 a.m. tweet, but I hate him more than the guy in the Maple Leafs. He is the worst baseball player the Braves have ever freaking had do you know that he had 15 homers and 61 rbis when he got here six weeks ago you know he still has 15 homers 61 rbis that's impossible i mean you can't you can knock them for playing him but the trade now you got kyle tucker back so you basically got him for nothing the and Reds still gave, makes it a bad trade the reds gave him for nothing there's a reason and, and he's a 31 guy he struck out looking with the bases loaded in the eighth inning of last night it was uh it's just such a killer. You don't even try. And that's not where we meant to go on the show, but no, I'm I, I couldn't sleep last night because this piece of crap who has four hits as a brave. How do you have four hits in six weeks? He's the worst player I've ever seen. And he doesn't even try. And we were in my house for the fantasy draft last week. And our buddy Pete was over. Pete's done the show before Verados. And he comes up with base loaded then, and he, st- he struck out looking at a pitch down the middle again. Then last night, this guy has the balls to argue with the umpire about strike three when literally the catcher's mitt never moved. He is four for 42 with no extra base hits and no RBI as a brave. It's disgusting. What's disgusting too, Rob, and we'll get into it. It is fantasy playoffs right now, especially if your matchup goes two weeks. Um, you want to talk about disgusting. My team right now has not hit for a goddamn thing. Is this the league with me or different league? Different league. Okay. Different league. Okay. Um, so the last, uh, we'll do the last seven days since that's the matchup. You have uh, Carlos Correa is batting 143. Arenado, 182. Chris Davis has had a great season, 217. Uh, even Christian Yellick is batting 238. Ozzy Albies, 240. Um, you want to talk about busts? Maybe Wilson Contreras. He's bet no 71. He's been awful this season. Probably my best hitter right now, uh, J.D. Martinez all season, Rob. But Luke Voigt has been absolutely ridiculous for me. It's a two-week matchup, thank God. This is why you do two-week matchups in fantasy because of slumps like this. Best record all season, and now they go into a slump. So Yeah, it's so frustrating. When you have the, you know, you have to play from behind maybe in the second week, but at least you get the second week. Yep. Um, the one thing about the two-week matchups that I like is because Baseball changes in September when the rosters expand so much. And then you have teams that, you know, maybe are going to give guys rest because of playoffs and all that. It gives you the best chance for the team that you used all year long to have the best representation of what they truly are by giving the extra seven days. So hopefully for you and anybody out there that's having trouble in fantasy baseball, you can make your comeback in the second week. 
Rob, we put up a poll. Not really a poll yesterday, though, but we got some good feedback. Let me guess, from that's Yankee doing Tom Tavares. No, it didn't, actually, but uh, I can put one up there. Well, how do you start this week? Um, New York Yankees, uh, last night you saw a great performance of Tanaka. The one-game wild card, Rob, who are you starting at? A Severino half in Tanaka. I'm going Tanaka. I trust him the most. It's not about anything else than who I trust at this point. There's almost nothing Severino can do that is going to make me trust him in a one-game playoff. I think back to last year's pulling game against Minnesota. He couldn't get out of the first inning. Uh, Jay Happ, I get it, man. He's been good. He's been a great uh, pickup for them since the trading deadline. But Tanaka, I've seen him do it in the playoffs. Uh, I've seen him do it in the big spots. I almost feel like he looks at the regular season down a little bit, mm. and he steps up in the playoffs. I trust him the most. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, I put um, I put him up as my guy also yesterday on Twitter. I agree with you, everything that you said. Uh, when the pressure's on, you just seem to want Tanaka. He would be who I would go with in the playoff, and then I would have Severino go in game one if I did win that, uh, the wild card game, excuse me. So that would yeah, be my choice. Uh, and, and I wouldn't mind Jay Happ going in game one either, depending on who you're facing, but I guess they're guaranteed to face the Red Sox. That's a stupid thing for me to say. Right. They're going to face the Red Sox. And I'll say this. I know you're a Red Sox guy, and if the Yankees want to beat the Red Sox, the best way to do it is playing in a five-game series. Because usually in a seven-game series, the better team finds a way to win in a longer series. Um, if you could steal one of those two games in Boston, uh, jump on them really quick. They might have had a couple of days off. You know you're going to see Sale. Mm. And all of a sudden they Hopefully. beat Sale. And you know how David Price usually pitches against the Yankees. Yeah. Um, the best way to upset the Red Sox is to catch them a little bit off guard and in the quick series – you have to win three out of five instead of the four games. So I would like that for the Yankees. I think that that's where we're headed. I still think that no matter what, the Yankees are going to find their way in. To me, they're too good. They're starting to get healthy. Didi Gregorius got back in the yep. lineup yesterday. Uh, in the sixth inning, he came in for some defense. Cutch hit the home run. McCutcheon took a hanging breaking ball that's still traveling, I think, through Seattle. They beat up on James Paxton. Where's the shark today? But yeah. I guess I guess he wins either way last right. night since the Yankees being up on him. Uh, and, of course, Gary Sanchez. I don't know if he's going to be any good. He had another really rough week. This guy is having one of the worst years that you could have predicted out of a guy, and he's still going to hit 25 home runs. He is, and that's that's your first baseman in the future. It is. He's, they've got to find a way. I, he's got to play, I don't care if it means that – and they, they'll never do it, but you put him in winter ball. You've got to find a way base. to do it. Um, and then, and I think uh, John Carlos is like four for like 47. He hasn't hit like anything that. lately. He's either. done nothing. Nobody needs Aaron Judge back more than John Carlo. He needs that protection in the lineup, and all of a sudden – you got the Yankees maybe from June back, and you, you got to figure out the starting pitching. Also, people forget that are all this Chapman still out, and he could miss right up until the playoffs. He could be done for the year, to be quite honest. You just don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, that's one injury, Rob, that you can kind of deal with because of how loaded that bullpen is. They need Aaron Judge. You said it back in the worst way. Yeah, and that's something that in the next couple of weeks we can figure out. The NFL season starts tomorrow. Yes, the sir. MLB season ends three weeks from tomorrow. A ton of things. Now, the Cleveland Indians, I think magic number's like six or seven already. Because of that shitty division. Yeah, so they're going to wrap things up. We knew what was going to happen anyway. But how about how about this? Um, and I want to get into it with you because you've been talking about it for almost a year now. Shohei Otani, what a crazy week he had. Uh, talk to me about the week he had. You could tell the details. And then, you know, how he went from such a low to such a high. But what do you think about the decisions he's making about finishing the year? So, Shohei Otani last Sunday pitched against Houston, went two and a third, gave up a few runs. There was a noticeable uh, drop in the velocity in that third inning. Next day, came out that he needed Tommy John. I did not understand why they had to bring him back and pitch him this season, Rob, but I was the only one on Twitter who didn't understand why because every Angel fan and even uh, the beat writers had no issue with letting him pitch. Absolutely ridiculous. But to your point, he's been awesome for them since he's just been a full-time hitter. He's playing every day now. He had another home run last night. He had two the uh, night before or two days ago. Wants to play the rest of the season just as a hitter because he's going to miss next season anyways, Tommy John. And there's talk, Rob, of when he has Tommy John, he'll be able to come back and hit instead of just sitting out the whole year. Well, that's going to help too, right? right? He wants to come back and still just be a, a hitter. Um, we talked about it the other day. If there was ever a way, and Dan O'Dowd, it was his idea, not ours, to let him hit full-time, Rob, and let him close games and somehow work that out. That would be awesome because you are now be seeing, so unique. You're now seeing uh, how good of a bat this kid is. Uh, yeah, he's really started to light it up, um, but I don't understand it. If he wants to hit next year while the rest of uh, his arm heals, why not get the surgery now and have the extra month to get ready for next year? They're out of it. They're out of it, and it's fun and exciting to watch, and I love it, but they're under 500. He's hitting the home runs. It's cheap thrills. It's like they're trying to save face by having his numbers be better. No, 
let him be there fully able to be in their lineup next year while his arm heals. Maybe by the end of next year, he could pitch out of the bullpen in October, September, October. But no, now you can't because you're going to push the surgery back a full month. And I don't know who's a free agent off the top of my head. This team needs a frontline starter in Patrick the worst Corbin. way. They, right need a, they need a frontline starter. Spend order the way. money. He was awesome against the Braves last night. The Braves came back on the bullpen, but he looked great. He's got such a good slider. He's a lefty pitcher. He's 29 years old. He's gonna got. He's going to be getting 150 million dollars next year. Then they better pay up. It better. Be, it's gonna be from somebody. Yankees are gonna want him. Somebody that needs a frontline starter. That's the guy. If you ask me, you go for. Because I don't know if Kershaw's gonna make it. But even if Kershaw does make it to free agency, he's gonna be over 200 million dollars. And you're worried about his uh, injuries. There's no way I see him leaving the, the Dodgers anyway. So NFL guys, week one. Thank you for tuning in, Mike. Any final thoughts as we head into football Sunday? Picks are up on Twitter. All of our picks are up there. So uh, I mean, let's go, man. I can't wait. Yep, we've been waiting all along. Hopefully, uh, we get some uh, big fantasy games out of your guys, and hopefully, we win our fantasy games and the Giants too. We hope you win some money. Don't forget, Vinny's college picks are on there as well. Um, we will be back with you guys at some point on Monday night. Who knows who will be here at this point anymore, but we'll be here some way, somehow. Somebody. Breaking down week one of the NFL, Monday night on Over the Top Sports Radio. Guys, enjoy college football Saturday. Go and enjoy the wedding. And enjoy NFL week one tomorrow, Over the Top Sports Radio.